Well, hey, my name's Simon Soje, as she said. Great to be here with y'all tonight. Um, this is my beautiful wife, Katrina, um, and we've been married for, like she said, over 20 years. Um, I've, I like to say I've been married longer than I haven't been married now. We got married real young. Um, and we've got three kiddos. Uh, our daughter, Carson, is 16, and um, I'll bet you can't tell which is the daughter and which is the mom here. But, uh, and then the middle, middle kiddo is our son, Cannon, who's uh, four, uh, 13, about to be 14, and on the far right is Case, our 11-year-old. Um, so a little bit about me. I grew up in a family with both parents, uh, four siblings. We all loved each other. We didn't have a lot of drama that I can remember. Um, our parents raised us up in the faith. We regularly uh, read the Bible and discussed it as a family. And uh, when it came to dating, though, I was totally clueless. Um, I, I really bought the lies that Hollywood told us um, that when you, when you know, you just know that it's true love. Um, and I didn't date many girls before I dated Katrina. I only dated like two girls. So I never really gained the experience necessary to help me see, hey, you know, real life isn't really that, that clear and, uh, and that straightforward. And so this led me uh, to overcommit in our relationship way too quickly in dating relationships and just not seek a friendship first. I was just like, I'm all in as soon as we started dating. Um, and uh, this, uh, I also saw personal validation through someone liking me. So the fact that she liked me made me feel better about myself, um, which means that if she ever expressed any you know, disappointment with me in any way, I just had huge unmet expectations of like, I thought you're always gonna think I'm awesome. Let me tell you a little bit about me. I grew up with both of my parents and one older brother who's about five years older than me. My family was not close. We were pretty disconnected. I had a volatile relationship with my mom through high school, and my dad just sat back and watched family life happen around him as he worked a lot um, and became pretty successful in his career. I knew he cared about me, but he rarely showed any emotion or affection. Thankfully, our merciful Lord found me amidst the internal and external chaos that ruled my life. And during my senior year of high school, I realized that I was a sinner, and I accepted Christ into my life. However, I desperately needed guidance and discipleship to stay on the right path. But both of my parents are atheists, and so I did not get that spiritual encouragement at home and had a hard time making wise choices. My dating life was pretty pathetic. I had one boyfriend after another from about 14 to 18, and sadly, not a single one of them was a believer. I derived most of my self-worth from my relationships, and when I first met Simon spiritually, I was in a, a better place, and we were both leading Bible studies at our church during our sophomore year in college, and I was on a better track. Simon asked me out after a football game one Saturday night by saying, I like you and I think you like me. Is this true? It's, it's super smooth. I responded awkwardly with a yes. And then Simon said, what do you want to do about it? So he's an engineer. I don't know if I'll pick that up. Simon then vowed to, I thought this was pretty crazy, but he was super serious. Like he said, he vowed to love God first and me second. And let me remind you that we'd only known each other for three weeks. I was completely weirded out and could not believe he had used the L word so soon. And this is my first time to ever date a guy who loved the Lord. So I just assumed this is what your average DTR looked like. It is, right? Isn't that how y'all all do it? <laughs> um, so our, our relationship was 
always rocky and dramatic, honestly. Uh, and the drama started because I realized I didn't really want to be in a relationship. Um, uh, I just wanted to do whatever I wanted to do. Didn't want to have any constraints on, on my time or attention or whatever. Um, so my really self-centered and self-serving attitude would play out as my heart uh, would uh, overflow uh, into my speech uh, through my, my selfishness. And I'd look for some reason that I was unsatisfied in the relationship. Uh, and because I didn't want to pin that on me, I would find some way to pin that on her. And I'd like just nitpick at her like, hey, I'm not happy with this relationship because here or this reason or that reason. Um, and blaming her for everything. And so my careless and critical words uh, caused deep wounds in Katrina's heart because they, they were just snipes. They weren't true. Um, and many times it took us to the brink of, of breaking up with each other. Uh, but not, neither one of us wanted to have that mark on our, you know, kind of record of, oh, you know, you broke up, which is stupid. Um, so we would patch it up and keep going. But the damage just kind of kept stacking and stacking. Even though at that time I was a believer... Um, sorry, that sounded weird. I was a believer. I still struggled with finding my significance in whom I was dating. As a result, I never broke up with Simon despite the fact that he wasn't the best boyfriend. He definitely wasn't my prince charming that I thought I deserved. It was crushing to my pride, so I vowed to change his opinion of me instead of ending an unhealthy relationship. Yeah, for my part, you know, I could tell that I was hurting her and I didn't, I didn't like this. So to try to mend that hurt, I would tell her I felt much more strongly for her than I actually did. Um, I would tell her that I loved her, and I'd tell her I wanted to spend our future together and all these things, and I really liked the reaction I got from her because, again, for me, the relationship was all about self-validation. Um, and so when she would give me that relationship, it was kind of like a drug, and I'd keep going back. But kind of like drugs, you got to up the dose every time. Um, and so I got stuck in this trap of always upping the ante with everything I would tell her just to get her to fawn over me Again, and honest to goodness, eventually this led to us getting engaged. So um, we got engaged our sophomore year of college. Um, our engagement was a nightmare. We got engaged after about eight months of dating, and Simon immediately got cold feet, as you can imagine. And suddenly I felt like he wanted nothing to do with me. I planned the entire wedding all by myself. Anything I tried to get him involved in would turn into an argument. Um, but I felt uncomfortable breaking off the engagement because I didn't want to be embarrassed, which is a terrible reason to not do that. And in the back of my mind, I wanted to stay together, and I felt like maybe there was a purpose we were together. My parents loved him, and they loved his family, and like I said, my parents aren't believers, and so there was this hope in me that there was something greater going on. Um, I stuck with him even though I knew he didn't want to get married to me. He even tried to postpone the wedding, but I told him, you either marry me when you said you would or you don't get married to me at all, which is not wise. So on December 29, 2001, we were married. Uh, I was 20. She was 21. It was the middle of our junior year at Texas A&M University. And thank you. And uh, as we drove away from the reception, I saw tears just running down her cheeks. Um, and in like this really oddly compassionate way, I just I reached over and I said, I know. Um, and I did know she, just, she didn't want to be married to me. So when we got back from the honeymoon, I realized that my old life was gone. And I was, now, I was no longer living in my big apartment with my best girlfriends. I was living in this tiny dump of an apartment with a hole in the ceiling with a guy that I didn't even like. We had no community. All of our old friends were still single. We had no one to talk to about our struggles. And so we suffered in isolation. 
I sought to ease the pain through the excitement of chatting with an old boyfriend online. It never turned into anything physical, but it was definitely inappropriate. And even though we did love the Lord, there was no spiritual oneness in our marriage. There were some good days where we had great times going to go get donuts on a Saturday morning or going to a bookstore, but mostly we continued to disappoint each other through each of our unmet expectations. I remember sitting on the floor of our apartment one day, kicking the door and screaming, I wish we could get a divorce. During the entirety of our relationship, we both um, sought the Lord. Honestly, it protected us from things getting much, much worse, but we had no um, spiritual connection, like I said, and we were not seeking him together as a couple. We were operating from a self-centered perspective. So after about six months of being married to each other and totally miserable, uh, I was about at the end of my rope. I remember I was sitting at my desk in our apartment, and I was literally like head down, trying to just think of some way I could manipulate her into giving me the affection that I desired. Um, like seriously like calculating, like, well, if I say this, she'll say this, and might, I can make her feel bad, and then she'll probably give me a hug, right? Uh, and that was a calculus I was doing. Um, and, you know, I, I realized how messed up this was um, because I, I think God, like, allowed me to take a step back and have an objective look at myself. I like to think he, like, flicked me in the brain. And he was like, hey, if somebody was thinking about you right now, the way that you're thinking about your wife, you would hate that person. And they would be acting hatefully towards you. And, um, you know, I, I realized that all the efforts that I'd made to make Katrina do what I wanted her to do were completely selfish and completely fruitless. And, you know, I grew up in a believing home. I had loving parents. I was like, I've got this on lock. I know how to do marriage. You're the one with the problem. And God just poked me in the brain and said, you're the problem. You're causing all the problems in your marriage. And I was like, whoa. I said, God, I'm done doing things my way. It's completely ineffective. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I've got nothing to lose. After we moved to Dallas, um, we graduated. We moved to Dallas in 2003. I confessed to Simon that I didn't think we were meant to be together and that he was not who I wanted. And he said to me that we were actually meant to be together because we were married. And God's plan for us was to stay together because he hates divorce. That was kind of a wake-up call for me. And after that, I realized that I had not been all in the whole time. I had been focusing on my unmet expectations and not on being the wife that God wanted me to be. I wanted to be happy instead of to be made holy. And I made a commitment that day to work hard at loving Simon. So for my part, after God revealed to me what he did about how I was the problem, um, he started to show me what it meant to trust him. Um, and I want to share with you Philippians 2, 3, and 4. It says... <clears throat> Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility of mind, value others as more important than yourselves. Do not look out only for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Um, and so receiving that from him, along with, you know, honestly, I, I read a book about that time called The Marriage Builder by Dr. Larry Crabb. I've read it again since, and it's okay, you know, but it was exactly what I needed at that time. And it said... Um, it gave the analogy that if, if you go into your marriage trying to get what you need from the other person, it's like two ticks and there's no dog, right? And you're both sucking the blood out of each other because you cannot provide for the other what they need and they can't provide it for you. And that struck me really hard because it was so clear to me how I was trying to manipulate and extract from Katrina the love that I desperately knew I needed. Um, 
And so when I saw that, and the the point of the passage was, hey, you need to, you know, take is kind of gross, but you need to connect to Jesus and get what you need from him because he can actually provide it. I no longer used words to manipulate Katrina. Um, and I tried to instead use them to build her up, which was a new concept for me, to put something into her instead of try to take something out. Um, and I no longer sought just to win fights, um, but to seek unity through conflict resolution. Um, and I began to ignore any hurtful comments she would send my way for the sake of hearing the, the hurt in her heart instead. Um, God gave me a heart to follow Simon and support him and a desire to have a strong marriage, which was huge. He matured me. It's not about being right and winning. It's about having peace. And it's about striving to meet his needs. And the Lord gave me the right perspective on my responsibilities just as a wife and also about kind of the weight of those responsibilities in front of a, a watching world. And I was thinking, of, you know, my parents are are watching our marriage, um, and others are too. So obviously this, since 2003, it's been, you know, 17, or I don't even know how many years it's been, more than 17, a lot. Um, we've been in Dallas a long time. We got, we found Watermark, a great church. Um, we went through the membership class. We started serving. We surrounded ourselves with a community of believers who were all streaking, seeking to have stronger relationships with the Lord and stronger marriages. Um, we can't hide our bad behavior in isolation, which is really important. And we have confidence in knowing that we can't get too far off track without someone in our life noticing that we're not doing well and checking in on us. We're constantly learning from other couples in our life as they love each other well and work through the same issue, issues that we are also working through. God has given us such a passion for his power in marriage that for 12 years, Simon and I led foundation groups, which is groups of newly married couples here at Watermark. And we just wanted to have the opportunity to pour into young married couples and help them get a good start and a good foundation to hopefully avoid some of the pain that we suffered by living in isolation for the first few years of our marriage. And that was such a huge deal for us. When we got married and had all of our problems and moved to Dallas, we were sure that our marriage was like doomed because it was just misconceived from the get-go. Um, and we had all these issues that nobody else had because they actually, you know, loved each other when they got married. And so, you know, we, uh, we were suffering in a way that nobody else was suffering and, and God peeled that lie back when we got in community here. And he was like, no, everyone's going through the same stuff you are, right? Which was incredibly relieving. And then we actually had people who could help us. Um, and so here are three ways that Katrina would say that I've changed in our marriage. Um, I used to be offended if Katrina would have poked fun at me because I was seeking validation from her in everything. Um, or if she laughed at something that happened to me, like if I put the milk on the fridge instead of in the fridge, you know, that, that happened and she thought it was funny and I was very offended. Um, or if I like fell off the treadmill at the gym, I was very offended. Um, but, but now I laugh along with her and uh, we laugh with each other and we have so much more fun together. Uh, we have inside jokes, don't take life too seriously. Uh, another way is I used to let Katrina handle hurt all by herself. Uh, we had a miscarriage uh, with our, our first pregnancy and I was totally, like didn't get it one time, uh, right around the time that it happened, I would play ultimate Frisbee on Friday afternoons. Uh, we'd, we'd take off half the day of work and go do that and she had, I think a doctor's appointment. And I was like, ah, oh, but I really wanted to go play ultimate Frisbee instead. And it's like, wow. Like, catch a clue. That's not the time that you go indulge your, you know, your wish I was great fantasy. 
you go go with your wife to the to the appointment. But now I encourage her to express her fears. I pray for her daily, and I know what's going on in her world. I, I make it my concern to know. And the third way is I used to only care about sex, like how to get it, when I could get it, how many times could I get it. Um, and I didn't really care about her. And so by no means do we have sex all figured out now, but we're striving towards a sex life that's focused on loving the other person first, having consistent communication around it, and not just getting our own needs met. Um, here are a few ways that I would say I've grown, still lots of room to grow, but hoping to um, get stronger in these areas. I used to struggle with admiring and respecting Simon, and now I try to let him know how much I love him. I appreciate his hard work for our family, um, just send him texts of encouragement and praise, and also just try to praise him in public, just so there's no question in his mind that I'm thankful for him. I used to be really frustrated by Simon's lack of follow-through and leadership, um, but now I feel like we've become more of a team, try to fill in each other's gaps. If time management is his struggle, then I will help him stay on track. Like today, I texted him, don't forget to be at Watermark, 5.30's dinner if you can't make it by then, try to be there by 6. And that's just a common thing that happens in our marriage. Um, I got here on time. Thank you. <laughs> so... I just try to use like where I'm gifted to help him, and I'm sure lots of y'all do that as well. Um, so now, what's our what's our outlook? Um, I love that I don't have to have all the answers for how to make my marriage work. Uh, all I have to do is read God's word, do what it says, and He'll take over from there. Um, I want to share Matthew six thirty three and thirty four. It says, "Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, uh, and all these things will be given to you as well." Therefore. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Um, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have its own worries. So when your marriage seems overwhelming and hopeless like ours did, when we felt overwhelmed and hopeless, we just had to take it one day at a time and one decision at a time, and we had to choose to trust God step by step. Um, and I think that's it. Thank you.